Welcome to the Manor. Welcome back to the Twin Terrors Macabre Manor of Mead, Metal, and Mayhem. I'm James. And I'm Jody. Yeah, I finally got it right on take number one. <laughs> yeah, uh, doesn't hurt that we just. History. <laughs> Is it witness if you heard it? Because <laughs> you didn't see it. Is that how does that? Anyway, never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> speaking of things that sound very odd, eerie, ominous. <laughs> yeah. This episode is on Devil's Music. Devil's woo-hoo. Interview. What? <laughs> <It's a> woohoo! <laughs> yeah. Devil's Interval. The Satanic Tritone. Tritonus. Dabless in Musica. Or, yeah. you know, Augmented Fourth or Diminished Fifth, if you want to be technical. Yes. But if you hear it, you understand why they called it that. <laughs> yes. You'll understand why it scared the Middle Ages church. <laughs> <laughs> to start at the very beginning, and by very beginning, I mean for us, not Middle Ages church, because fuck them, we're more important. Um, <laughs> uh, back in high school, Jody and I, you know, we, we have talked about us being in bands together and playing music together. We would get together quite a bit and, and jam and yes. uh, just play music, write songs, uh, just kind of fool around a fair bit with the music and guitars and whatnot because we couldn't find girls to fool around with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but we're better for it. <clears throat> Thanks for bringing that memory up. <laughs> Actually, I, I think we are better for it. <laughs> yeah. We're much, much better rounded people. <laughs> but our buddy Larry would also come over sometimes and he'd, uh, he was a drummer. Sometimes he'd drum, but initially the first several times he would just come over and record. So we'd sit there, we'd jam, we'd record, and sometimes we'd just come up with little bits of music. Yes. And uh, Jody starts, starts talking about the movie The Shining. Just kind of giving oh. a <laughs> – he's giving a recap of the movie, and, and I'm and I'm just kind of messing around, and all of a sudden I start playing this little bit of music underneath it, and it's a, a this creepy little thing. And I would have never, ever thought it was something specific. But evidently, even back in the day, Jody and I were evil enough to start messing with the devil's tritone, the satanic tritone, the, the devil's interval. So yeah, you'll, you'll, we'll talk about how it fits with the tritone here in a little bit. But here is a little clip of what it sounds like. Yeah, we uh, we'd actually thought about using this as the intro for the podcast two podcast two at one time, but it's it's not very peppy. <laughs> no, but it's awesome. <laughs> now the first bit of this, I'll probably blaze through a little bit because it's not quite as interesting, but it's things you need to know. No, it is is half the battle. The boring bits, which to us aren't boring because it's musical theory and math, or. Well, not boring to me, maybe half boring to Jody. <laughs> no, well, the math may make my eyes glaze a little bit, but <laughs> well, it's not necessarily boring. Uh, we'll keep it easy. I, I'm not going to go into the, the hertz and decibels and wavelength and stuff very much, just a bit. <laughs> yeah. But music, at least Western music, which is what we're talking about, is based on ratios. Without going into too much detail, uh, the difference in notes, which, which is to say the pitch or the amplitude of a sound wave, it can be expressed as a, a fraction or, or ratio of the uh, hertz, of the amplitude of each other. And, and of course, we're simplifying because it's an audio podcast, and this is kind of hard to show without visual representations. Yes. <laughs> but what are you going to do? 
But a couple of examples, uh, going in whole octave, such as middle A to high A is a ratio of two to one. Because you're going from a note to itself, it would have a whole number ratio. Yeah, okay. And, and Jody and I have talked about fifths, uh, the root, and then the fourths and the fifths, when we've talked about some of the blues bass and the power chords and things. Mm -hmm. uh, going to a perfect fifth is a three to two ratio. Perfect fourth is a four to three ratio. You want to guess what the diabolus is? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna it's, guess it's something weird. It, it's not. Sadly, it's not six six six. Well, I wasn't gonna go there, but uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, forty five to thirty two. Yeah, that's something weird. <laughs> <laughs> and that's actually really close to the square root of two to one, with square root being an irrational number by in itself. <laughs> hey, do you know what the square root of sixty nine is? <laughs> yeah, eight something. Eight something. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. Before we get off on sixty-nine jokes, and that was a pun I didn't intend. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> uh, so specific fractions tend to be more pleasing. Um, for example, a lot of Western music uses the the one-four-five pattern and some others, but th that's kind of one of the basic. And if you if you listen to any power ballad. You know, from the hair bands in the 80s, you'll, you'll recognize the GCD pattern, which is the, the one, four, five in the key of G. Yes. <laughs> Every Rose by Poison, I Remember You by Skid Row, a Tesla's Love Song, although it, it does do more funky things. It's more in depth. It starts off in a very, you know, because it throws in the E minor part. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you've got the key of C major uh where you've got the c f g and, and you can throw in the a minor if you want that little sad thing to go in there not not the devil's thing just the sad where you hear brett michaels go <laughs> <laughs> but it's not as it's not as sad as d minor that's well, the, saddest, minor is the saddest, <laughs> saddest of all keys <laughs> call it lick my love bump <laughs> yeah. yeah we need to do an episode on spinal tap <laughs> <laughs> we should anyway well, we even <laughs> Fuck the doves. <laughs> yeah. Keep in mind, uh, so we could go into more detail about all the differences between modes, you know, Dorian, Ionic, and all the key groups, the relative, which is the main minor key, the dominant, subdominant, which, which are, are key groups, uh, not necessarily bondage things. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even thinking that, but yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't my notes. I read the word dominant. I'm like, hey, yeah. <laughs> So, and, and of course, what we're discussing is based off of the typical 12 semitone structure. That, those are the 12 notes we employ in standard Western music. Yeah. Um, so it's technically, we're discussing the 12 tone equal temperament tuning system. That sounds kind of boring. Yeah, it does. In fact, it's so boring. Screw it. We're kind of going to leave it at that. And we're going to go down to the evil tritone. Yay. If you'll recall, in the distortion effect pedal episode, if you haven't listened to that, you should go back and do it now. Yes. Now, we'll, we'll be here. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Jody mentioned uh, timbral mud but with the power chord. Um, yes. you know, he, he, do you want to go back over it again? Um, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. I always have to read it to get it. You have to, the power chord is the root and the fifth and the third. And you leave out the fourth because that creates the timbral mud. Yeah, yeah, you got all those different. Yeah, if it's just if you're using distortion as an as an effect. Yeah, the the overdrive 
ramps up the amplitude, so it causes a lot of overlap. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it gets muddy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah. Uh. So you you can do you know a lot of people just do the two string power chord, but you could do the the three string power chord too. And some people will actually do the uh, the power chord using the the root and the fifth and then a higher octave root. So like the the G D and and then the G. Yeah. So you know that that that's possible too. So just a few different ways where you can do the power chord without it being all all muddy. Yeah. But if you were to take those three notes and you played the root G, yes, and the octave G, but then the D flat, which is the flattened or diminished fifth, it's the fifth note moved down a semitone. Those are the twelve tones. Yes. It or will create on, on the guitar, it's a half step. A half step, a fret. Yes. Uh, it will create dissonance due to the the chaotic structure of that fractional difference. That's where that weird ass fraction uh, 45 to 32 comes in because you just move it down a bit and it really just gives this really <laughs> uh, wicked <laughs> evil sound. Yeah. Dissonance. Uh, you know, when we talked about the, um, we talked about the, the 40th anniversary of the movie Halloween and the, the theme music was in what was it? Five, four time. Yeah. yeah same yeah. thing. Or, yeah, or similar. I mean, one, one was time structure or, or time signature. The other one is the chord structure. It's yeah, that same kind of thing. We're wired to hear things and feel things a certain way. And when it doesn't, it, it makes our skin kind of crawl a little bit. Some of us like that, though. <laughs> yes. yes, we do. Hence, <laughs> hence the Halloween episode and this episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, some people will, would call it ugly. Some people would, whatever you want to call it. We, we like it. We don't beautiful <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's, it's just that the pitches don't ever merge back in, in a pleasing way to, to what most music would be and that's where that sort of it's unresolved and it, it bothers people <laughs> <laughs> so like our tune uh, our little bit of spooky tune that you heard earlier it's not exactly the above progression but it's close it's yeah it's the key of a um although it's the key of a we start with the, the e note and it uses the a and e notes but then throw in an E flat. So it's, it's kind of a, a different type of tritone, but it still has an unresolved because we're throwing in an E flat, but it does resolve because there's the bend and it goes up into the E, but then we come back down into the E flat. And it, it just keeps it kind of spooky. Yes. Maybe not the perfect Diabolus, but for two teenagers who are just starting on their path to evildom. <laughs> Although I personally think it was an internal subconscious rebellion against the church that my parents were still making me go to. That <laughs> is church at the capital C. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. If you'll notice, we've been talking about three notes, hence the tritone. The tri, of course, referring to three notes. But it talks about, it's actually also comes from three whole steps between two notes. It's the same as six semitones. And, and here we'll kind of go over some of this. It's the same as six semitones. Um, so it's going from a note to its fifth and then back up to the note up an octave, yeah. w which would be the, the root to the fifth and, and back to the root. But the diabolus flattens the fifth and that screws up the harmonic fractions, which gives it that eeriness. Yes. And if you remember, I mentioned the augmented fourth, depending on what note you start with and which mode and key you're in, mm -hmm. the augmented fourth and the diminished fifth are, are the same because the fourth and the fifth are a step apart so that half step difference puts it in between yeah you know yeah i mean to, to get technical there's a tritone for each chromatic scale so yeah. that's the root and half of them have augmented force and half of them have diminished fifths but it's the same type of thing 
Yeah. Well, it's like A sharp and B flat are the same note. Right. Yeah. So was it really banned by the church? Uh, supposedly. Yeah, supposedly, but I couldn't find anything official either. Huh. And so I've seen some theorists say that it was mostly banned because it was actually difficult to sing in that dissonant scale. Hence, the devil in music, meaning it was a devil of a time hitting the notes because the interval wasn't natural. I could see that. Musicologist Anthony Pryor says, I don't think they ever thought of it as the devil dwelling in music. But I would like to point out that, obviously, Anthony didn't go to a Catholic school. <laughs> Knowing what Catholic school was like in the 80s, I have no problem believing that even if it was hard to sing, that that evil sound definitely made priests and bishops across the lands ban it because it was evil. Yeah, I can, I can see that too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm shit. I got in trouble one time for uh, because when I was still going to church, I would play music at the church because it was better than sitting in the pews. <laughs> and, you know, you girls out in the... I would get to play whatever I wanted during communion. And sometimes I would uh, throw in different things. And what well, one of those things I threw in was a nice acoustic version of Ozzy Osbourne's crazy train, <laughs> <laughs> which does not utilize the tritone. Does it does not. But yeah. the fact that it was just Ozzy Osbourne, uh, actually somebody off <laughs> got, got me in a little bit of trouble. And if I got in trouble in the eighties for playing a bit of Ozzy, you can imagine what the fuckers from the middle ages. Oh yeah. About. Somebody would have been burned at the stake. Switch. She's a witch. <laughs> she, she turned me into a newt. A newt? <laughs> Got better. <laughs> so there, there's also not just the evil part. There are a few people who say it was banned because it invoked sexual feelings. But honestly, I, I found the, the most, like the, the furthest thing back I could find about sexual feelings in, in the tritone was Bob Ezrin, the, the famed rock producer. And he, he said, it apparently was a sound used to call up the beast, which I also never found. <laughs> and there's something very sexual about the tritone. I, I think Bob may have been taken in by some of the satanic panic stuff from the 80s. He may have been, or he may have been on drugs when he made that quote. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. I mean, the tritone is used in a lot of different things. And oh, yeah. Like doom metal, like specific sort of doom metal, you can get that nice sound that would be great to have sex magic going on with, but, you know. Yeah. What are you going to do? I think that little bit is a bit of an urban folktale. <laughs> probably, yeah. Moving on to music in general, but not the music theory, because you're all probably bored as fuck with that shit. <laughs> oh. uh, I was not entertained, but it was informative. And that's all we're here for. Yeah. Good night, everybody. No. <laughs> <laughs> the episode title says metal. <laughs> where's, where's the metal, fuckers? <laughs> Uh, we're close. We're really, really close. Uh, so music generalities of this, it's also sometimes called the blue note because of its use in blues and jazz, the American contributions to the musical world. Yes. Um, the, the blues progressions, they're built differently than classical compositions. Yes. Uh, and, and the way they do it, sometimes it takes away that resolution, giving a feeling of despair. And you add in that tritone and yeah, it can, it can be a little unsettling. It did become used more frequently also if we move back uh, during the Baroque and classical eras. And, and yes, those are two different eras. Baroque is different than classical. But but it was used in controlled and specialized ways, such as building tension, but then releasing it. Yeah. Um, so kind of a, a little bit of a continuum. I mean, not being able to use it at all. You could use it a little bit and all the way up to now where we get to use it 
whenever we want metal and other deliciously evil music. <laughs> or in other words, context. Ooh, oh, I'm out of beer, damn it. <laughs> well, here, I'll drink for you. Okay. Ooh, gracious, my, that's good. Yeah, talking about evil and metal, James. What the hell is that? Ooh, that's just so delicious. It's <laughs> so tasty. Gracious my. <laughs> One use in the classical styles also is for when the subject of war uh, was what the music was written for, such as Benjamin Britten's War Requiem and Gustav Hoist's Mars, the Bringer of War. Yes. Uh, but also for creepy types of music like the dance macabre. Ooh, yes. That, that yes. is one of my favorite pieces that of is, classical music. That is a very nice piece of classical music. Um, <laughs> trying to remember the name of the composer. He's French, so I can't pronounce it right. The composer is Camille Saint-Saëns. Yes, that. Uh, however, as close as I can get to pronouncing something that's not English, <laughs> since I have issues with that anyway. Yes. But more recent and popular artists... And when I say recent, <laughs> uh, the Beatles. <laughs> yeah. More with George than the others, such as uh, Within You, Without You. Good songs. Uh, Jimi yes. Hendrix, Purple Haze. And, and this also, Purple Haze utilizes the Hendrix chord. But since we're probably going to do an episode or three on Jimmy eventually, we'll, we'll cover that then. Yeah. Uh, musicals. Uh, West Side Story gets a little tritone when Maria's name is mentioned. I've actually read that it's because... Uh, the the love she gives isn't exactly right. <laughs> um, uh, television, moving on from that subject before yeah. I say more than I need to. Television, The Simpsons, actually the, the very first thing, it's, it's when they start that, the Simpsons, it's in there, but it gets resolved pretty quick. Ah. Um, but the Twilight Zone uses it. And the yes. Pink Panther theme song, as far as movies. Really? Yeah. Huh. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that. Should. And, and I'm not giving snippets of those because I'm going to start giving snippets now. Yay. Wait. I have. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just made the dog run away. <laughs> oh, poor dog. <laughs> Sorry, puppy. <laughs> Before I get to metal, there's a, an out there band that, that I dig their music. They're very kind of creepy themselves. And one of my favorite songs that's not metal, that's kind of in this genre, is Red Right Hand by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Cool. That song is creepy itself, but the song that actually utilizes Diabolus is their song, The Carney. It's, it's kind of a creepy carnival type of lyrical content. Yeah, the lyrics are really morbid too. Hmm. So, before we get to the metal, I'd like to give you a little snippet of Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds' The Carney. Thank you. 
the shore, leaving his caravan behind. It was parked out on the southeast ridge, and as the company crossed the bridge, with the first rain filling the bone-dry riverbed, it shone just so upon the edge. Now we're done with that. Let's move on to metal. Yes. I have to take a drink after that. Oh. <laughs> so according to Professor John Deathridge, which, which is an awesome name anyway for this. I like it already. <laughs> yep. There are, well, you know, we'll see how you feel in a second. <laughs> okay. There are lots of presentations of evil presented around the tritone. Okay. And that there's a big connection between heavy rock music and anger. No. Outside of the fact that it can help you resolve anger? No. <laughs> yes. And we've talked about doing an episode on that because my notes actually say, actually there is, although science has shown that metal is a great coping skill <laughs> by yeah. allowing the listener to channel and deal with the anger in cathartic, cathartic ways. <laughs> yes. Metal actually helps out with a lot of other things too, which is why a episode on what science says about metal would actually be kind of cool. Yeah. All right. So let's start with who we should start with. Black Sabbath. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not saying that they would love being called metal because they don't want to be called metal. <laughs> well, I, I think 40 some years later, they're kind of almost 50. Well, shit. This, this, this year would be the 50th anniversary of the band. Was it, I mean, were they together in 68 or 69? I thought 68 for some reason. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess, I guess they formed in 68. They kind of broke the, up for a little bit when Tony went, had his little stint in Jethro Tull. And then they got back together I know the first album didn't come out until like February of 70. So I, I think over the 50 years, they've kind of accepted the fact that they're, you know, metal. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, back back then, they wouldn't have considered themselves metal. They would have actually said, no, that's not what we are at all. And and that's fair. Yeah. But the, their song Black Sabbath was inspired by a vision Geezer Butler had of a ghostly figure. Yes. Uh, and it was also partially patterned after the uh, previously mentioned Mars, the bringer of war after Tony Iommi had listened to it. Although there's some argument over that because Geezer kind of says every once in a while that he was the one who played it first and then Tony picked it up. Well, <laughs> considering we just got done talking about certain egos and deep purple. Yeah. That <laughs> may also. <laughs> yeah. I, I give them 50, 50 cause I don't care and they can argue it out amongst themselves. Yeah. Good point. Tony does say that he doesn't consider the song black Sabbath evil. Uh, just something that sounded right. Now, now, here's the weird thing. He doesn't consider it evil, but it says it sounded right, really evil, and very doomy. <laughs> so it sounds evil, but it's not evil. No. <laughs> he just, no. just didn't think he's making devil music. Right. Well, and if you really pay attention to the lyrics, which the lyrics aren't what this episode's about, so we won't go into them. But if you really listen to the lyrics, you'll see that he's, it's not any, saying anything good about evil. It's <laughs> saying the opposite. The devil cries, context. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, here's a bit of Black Sabbath's Black Sabbath.
Now, the, the next little snippet I have is by a band called King Crimson. They're, they're more of a prog rock group. Yeah. Uh, but they, they have, I mean, they, they formed in 68, so it's pre-metal, but they, 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 there's a bit of metal feel in some of their songs. Yeah, they had an influence uh, on it. Their song Red, released in 1974, has a, a bit of a tritone. Uh, the next one is from 1990 and is definitely heavy metal because it's Judas Priest's Painkiller. <laughs> I knew you'd like that one. <laughs> uh, and of course, Metallica uses it quite a bit, uh, such as in Inner Sandman. But since Metallica seems to suck up a lot of the heavy metal oxygen in the room, I'm going to move on. <laughs> I like Metallica. Nothing bad. It's just that they get a lot of notice. So yes. moving on. <laughs> uh, 98, Slayer makes an entire album called Diabolus and Musica as a tribute to the Devil's Tritone. <laughs> Yeah, that's one of the Slayer albums I actually don't have. You know, we, we could talk about Slayer and their evilness for quite a while. <laughs> yeah, we could. Instead, I'm just going to play a snippet of a song called Bitter Peace, Oops. written by Jeff Henneman, who passed away six years ago this May, so pretty soon, sadly. Yeah. Here's to you, Jeff. And, and to finish up, uh, one of the pictures I usually see in conjunction with this topic is Louis Leopold Boulet's uh, Tartini's Dream from 1824. It's, it's that picture where you see a devil or demon on a bed, guy sitting up. But it represents a dream Tartini had, and Tartini was a composer, but it caused him to write the violin sonata in G minor, which is better known as the Devil's Trill Sonata. I first heard about this while looking up music for a Halloween seasonal playlist a few years ago and, and happened to find a version of the song by violinist Vanessa May. And it's one of my favorite versions of the song. She's very talented, really kicks ass. Cool. But it, it said, uh, Tartini dreamt of the devil, during which the devil played a song of such per surpassing skill on the violin that uh, Tartini had vainly attempted to replicate it when he created this still beautiful piece of music. And, and considering how good Tartini's is, I would love to hear what the devil played in this dream. <laughs> Yeah, the Devil's Troll takes a lot of technical skill to pull off. And to show you that, here's a little piece of Vanessa May playing the Devil's Troll. <laughs> Thank you. 
but yeah, that, that's all I have on this topic. Did, did you have anything, Jody? No, no, I think you covered it pretty well. Uh, so yeah, that's it then. I, hopefully you've enjoyed this episode. We'll have more metal episodes coming up with more wonderfully evil stuff too. <laughs> 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 so, uh, on behalf of the devil, I'm James. <laughs> I'm Jody. <laughs> we'll see you later. All right, bye. The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes. Oh, yeah, that was that was me going. La, 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 la. I am evil, Homer. I am evil, Homer. And don't put mustard on the cat. Usually, I do the Kermit yay, so I figured I'd do the evil Kermit. Devil yay. Kermit. <laughs> <laughs> Does he have a little goatee? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The things he would do to Miss Piggy. <laughs> And Gonzo, probably. <laughs> First heard that in high school, in the uh, humanities class. Oh, the humanities. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I could just be irritated with your voice, too, so. No. Yeah. Well, my job here is complete. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what I'm saying there. I'm probably cutting that little piece out unless you have something. <laughs> Remind me, and I'll send you that MP3 also. Okay. Uh, hey, send but, me those MP3s. I'm trying to blow up your head like scanners right now. Is it working? <laughs> no. Bartender, bartender with dead ears.